Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and right now my mouth is an amalgamation of unpleasant, uncomfortable sensations. I, uh, Tuesday, went and had to have the beginning of a new crown installed on my top left rear tooth uh this is the fourth crown in my mouth because i neglected my teeth for a number of years uh about from from probably about in in my 20s i would say Uh, i neglected my teeth sadly and i'm paying for it now so for all you young listeners out there uh brush at least two minutes twice a day and floss floss all the time floss as much as you can i don't i don't mean that dance that carmella does i mean floss your teeth uh, with actual dental floss so what's going on with me right now and i apologize for talking a little weird and it sucks because this is going to be a long intro so i've got this uh temporary crown that is, I, I, I'm aware of its existence. It's not like a regular tooth. It's this thing that's in my mouth. Uh, and the gums around it are swollen, like very, very swollen, and raw, and tender. And uh, I can't chew on that side of my mouth right now because this is a temporary crown. If it comes off, I have to go back to the dentist to get it fixed. And right now, it's Thursday night, and uh, I have things to do tomorrow. I don't want to go to the dentist and uh, obviously over the weekend, you don't want anything dental. You don't want any dental emergencies on the weekend. I've been there before. It's not fun. It's not great. The dentist does not appreciate coming to the dentist office on the weekend when he should be playing golf or boating or doing whatever rich dentists do on the weekend that is not look into your stinky, rotten mouth. Uh, so that's going on. And then on the other side of my mouth where I have to do all my chewing uh, and where I do half of my talking... I have developed a canker sore on my tongue. I get these from time to time. Uh, they are, I think, stress-related, but they're, they're this weird thing that's not totally explained. They don't totally know where they come from, and they don't really know how to treat them uh, all the time. I've got these little patches I can put on them that help a lot, but I had one on earlier today, and it kind of annoyed me, and I can't talk properly when I have one of those on. So I'm going to sit here and talk almost properly with all of the various problems that are going on in my mouth right now, but I am self-medicating with Boulevard Brewing Company's Jam Band Berry Ale. And uh, it's not bad, to be honest. I'm Jam Band is not really a concept that's close to, to my heart. But I will say this is a tasty beverage and it's helping to dull the pain. So... Let's get into it. This weekend is a huge wrestling weekend. WWE Survivor Series is Sunday night. NXT TakeOver War Games is tomorrow night. And it's it's huge. This is crazy. The build-up 
to these events has been insane, uh, partially because it's a crossover between all three ba- uh, brands, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, but partially because of the NXT invasion that was somewhat necessitated by most of the SmackDown roster being stranded in Saudi Arabia after their Dirty Desert Blood Money pay-per-view or whatever it was. Uh, So they got stuck over there, didn't make it back to SmackDown in time, and NXT, they had to send talent from NXT to uh, SmackDown on Fox to make a show happen. And since then, the momentum has only gotten crazier and crazier. I just finished watching this week's uh, NXT, which is the NXT Go Home prior to uh, War Games, and it was bonkers. If you have not watched this week's NXT, even if you don't watch NXT, go watch it. It's it's crazy, and it's got me so hyped up for War Games and so hyped up for Survivor Series. And just real quick, I want to touch on this sort of wrestling uh, renaissance that we're going through right now because we have not only WWE's products, Raw and SmackDown, the NXT product, uh, which... Uh, if you lump it in with WWE, I feel like you're just looking for reasons to not like things that WWE does. Uh, and I recognize their flaws, but NXT is not one of them. Uh, to me, it is the best wrestling on TV right now. Uh, and then also on Wednesday night, uh, going up against NXT is AEW, uh, which I'll be honest, it's not for me. Uh, there's some talent there that I like. But I watched four of the episodes that have aired thus far, and I've come to the conclusion that I do not find it compelling. I'm sorry, I don't. Don't at me. Uh, I'll, you know, and, and look, I'll check back in on it from time to time, and I, I wish it the best because I know lots of people love it with all their hearts, and I hope it does great and flourishes and continues to provide competition for WWE for years to come. Uh, But just me personally, I don't care for it. I'll tell you what I do like, though, is every Tuesday night at 6.05 p.m. on YouTube, you can watch NWA Power. That show I am thoroughly enjoying. Uh, I would even go so far as to say it's it's in second place to NXT as far as how much I enjoy it. But I don't want to bury Raw because, for the most part, Raw is three hours. It's too long. It's too much. But I do feel for the past month or so, since since the official brand split, that, it, that <laughs> it's obviously not really being enforced right now because of the Survivor Series, but since they have attempted to say these superstars are on Raw and that's it, these superstars represent uh, SmackDown and that's it, I do feel that Raw has been mostly better. Obviously, the Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley situation is absolutely terrible. Uh, that it needs to end immediately if it requires firing all three of them just to get them off of my TV, so be it. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, Rusev, because that guy should be top talent, should be in the main event. He's phenomenal on the mic and in the ring, and uh, maybe it's time for him to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, maybe AEW could use a Rusev. They could use something. Uh but, uh, yeah, that, that angle is horrible. But for the most part, I've found Raw to be pretty entertaining. Uh, to me, Fox, uh, SmackDown on Fox is the one that's really shit the bed. I have not, I have found that show to provide less entertainment than 
uh, entertainment. Uh, let me look for a better way to phrase that. Uh, I have found that show to be overall less entertaining. There will be a couple of segments that I like, but for the most part, it's just not interesting to me. They have focused so much, and this may change, but they have focused so much on things that aren't WWE and Brock Lesnar. And I'll tell you, the, the Kofi Kingston losing that title immediately to Lesnar left such a bad taste in my mouth that I'm sure that's source of my dissatisfaction at this point. Uh, that that is a lingering foul taste in my mouth, uh, and, and you know I understand if they wanted to put the title on Brock, but to absolutely shit on Kofi like that to do it was completely unnecessary. Uh, and now at Survi- well, we'll get to Survivor Series because real quick I want to run down the cards for War Games and for Survivor Series before we get to the main portion of our show, which is the inaugural edition of the Needless Things Triple Slam. Uh, Myself, Ryan Cadaver, and Derek Obscura sat down. We each chose, in this instance, the match that made us a wrestling fan. Uh, We watched those matches and talked about them, talked about the... uh, the eras in which they took place and just had conversations about wrestling. We didn't really do commentary for the matches, which our original plan was to do that. And I have those recordings and those may be released in some form someday, but that's not what this is. This is, we sort of had conversations about our passion for the sport and about those particular eras of WWE. Now, in future installments, we don't always have to do WWE. As a matter of fact, I already know uh, a couple of matches that will not be WWE, but we plan on continuing this, hopefully as a quarterly uh, thing that we do as part of the Needless Things podcast. So, at at the end of this episode, you're going to get three matches. Uh, Each of us picked a match, and we we talk about them, and you can watch along at home if you want to, because we do respond to the matches and stuff. It's not, we're not calling the matches, but we are discussing the matches. Uh, So, Stay tuned for that. That's the the meat of the show, as I like to call it. But uh, before I get to that, I, I want to run down these cards, and then I've got a special live treat for you guys before we get to the main portion of the show. So let's take a look at NXT TakeOver War Games 2019, which is happening uh, for you guys tomorrow night. I'm very, very excited for this show. Two War Games matches, which traditionally I am not the biggest fan of. I feel like they're dangerous. People get hurt. And they tend to be kind of a mess. But at this point, NXT has done... I think this is the third War Games NXT has done. I could be wrong about that. uh, Because I have kind of dipped in and out of NXT over the past five years or so. So there have been times where I wasn't really watching. Generally when they're trying to refresh the roster. But I've been full on into NXT for at least the past year now. Uh, Well, since just after last year's War Games. Because I checked into last year's War Games... And uh, didn't I didn't care for how dangerous the matches seemed, but then after that thing, business picked up, so to speak. So uh, first we have Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler, who I think is the most valuable performer under the WWE umbrella right now. Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. Now these women have been destroying each other lately. Uh, I, I find it really weird that they haven't found a spot for 
the returning, oh man, I can't remember her name right now because I think she was a big deal during one of the periods when I was not watching Tegan, Tegan Knox's best friend, uh, the, the New Zealand girl. Damn, I feel bad. I can't remember her name. But anyway, she's been working really hard lately, and I feel like they've been putting a lot of effort. Dakota Kai, thank you. Uh, I feel like they've been putting a lot of effort into Dakota Kai's story. So it's almost like she's transcended the War Games match a little bit and kind of has her own story of, of redemption uh, going on. But anyway, uh, these eight women are, are have been beating the crap out of each other and everybody else. Uh, Mia Yim and uh, Io Shirai had a crazy-ass ladder match last week. I honestly wondered if Mia Yim was even going to be able to compete in the War Games match. Uh, that it, it was so brutal. She took such ugly bumps and, and got busted wide open. By God, this is going to be an awesome match. 100% stoked for this match. Uh, I predict it will steal the show. Undisputed Era. This is a, another War Games match. Undisputed Era versus Tommaso Ciampa, or, or according to Heath Slayer, Tommaso Ciampo, uh, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and a mystery competitor. Now, I saw some speculation earlier about who that could be, and I kind of wish I hadn't seen it because I've gotten out of the habit of of speculating, of fantasy booking, of, of putting expectations onto things because I find that I like being completely surprised more. So I, I keep in the moment while I'm watching these shows, I sit back and I enjoy them and I try not to think too terribly much about the possibilities of what could happen in the future or how things could go. Because for years I got into that. I got wrapped up into that. I got myself excited about things. And for, you can ask any of the, we can ask Gary and you can ask big Jason, anybody who's known me for years now, knows that I used to come up with fantastic booking ideas. I just did. It was a thing that happened. Sometimes we would all sit around with our jaws dropped when the thing that I sort of jokingly said might happen happened. You know, when WWE did pull out the the occasional great big surprise. Uh, but more often than not, I came up with great ideas that never happened. And I think we as wrestling fans all have that experience. And now I try and sit back, be in the moment, and just enjoy what I'm looking at rather than build any of my entertainment value off of my expectations. Uh, and I've enjoyed wrestling so much more since I've been able to sort of uh, condition my brain to do that. Uh, so I read earlier today a possibility for uh, Team Champa's fourth member. I would love it. I would pop huge if it happened, but I'm not going to say what it is right here because if it hasn't occurred to you guys, I'd love for it to be a surprise. Uh, and they will be taking on Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong, the Undisputed Era. And I haven't... Roderick, Roderick Strong, I've been a fan of his for years and years and years. I've got Ring of Honor DVDs from, from back in the day, 14 years ago maybe. What, 2005, 2006? Somewhere around there, I believe. I've got Roderick Strong DVDs. I've got other people's DVDs with Roderick Strong on them. Uh, I've got a, a collection of Ring of Honor DVDs. I'm a big fan of the guy, uh, Messiah the Backbreaker. He he just really, he has that serious, crisp style. He's there to compete. He's there to fight. And he you believe him. He's one of those believable guys. I've always been a big fan of his. Uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have gotten themselves over to me as a tag team. I dig him. Bobby Fish has a great look. I think he's got a, a, a solid uh, potential singles career ahead of him. I don't know how old the guy is. But uh, he's he's got 
a look. He's got it. Kyle O'Reilly is excellent. Uh, but honestly, when he's in the ring, he doesn't stand out to me very much. Uh, he's brutal. He's He's got a lot of really solid, unique moves, but looks-wise, uh, he, he kind of doesn't do it for me. And then there's Adam Cole. I recognize that Adam Cole is a superlative talent. He is a ring general. He's so smart in the ring. Uh, I, I get why people like him, but when I look at him, I see a 12-year-old kid with a man's head like it's he looks so weird to me uh because it just looks like he's got this little kid body with a man head on it and uh look i I don't want to take anything away from his talent he's one of the best workers out there right now he's smart uh i'm honestly a little bit afraid they're gonna kill him because he had a ladder match with dominic dijakovic tonight or i'm sorry last night but i just watched it tonight where i thought uh, uh, Dijakovic might just eat him although I thought the same thing about Keith Lee but he he does that like if you remember Sean and Diesel uh, you know Sean Michaels and any bigger guys because obviously Adam Cole looks like a little like a Sean Michaels clone that didn't quite work out right but they kept him anyway uh, and, and I understand if you're an Adam Cole fan baby you're probably furious with me right now I'm acknowledging his talent. I'm acknowledging that he deserves the spot that he's in. But I'm also telling you that, to me, visually, it's hard for me to buy him fighting anyone. But this match, I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm sure it's going to have a lot of scary moments. And that's kind of my problem with it, is I know these guys are going to be killing each other. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I've it's it'll be it'll be a great match, but it might be uncomfortable to watch. And look, the women's match probably will be uncomfortable to watch as well. But in general, they work. You know, uh, ladder matches aside, in general, they work a bit safer than the guys do, and, and I can enjoy their matches a little bit more. Uh, then we have Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Matt Riddle is a guy who has very much gotten himself over to me. I could not stand him at first. Uh, if you know me at all, then you know the whole bro thing is not one of my favorites. I, I'm I am not a bro. I do not call people bro. I do not use the word bro. The entire concept of bro is one that I find immensely distasteful. But Matt Riddle is one of those special talents. Uh, he has his character down because he is his character. Uh, the old the old uh, Stone Cold thing about I'm me turned up to 11 I feel like that's exactly what Matt Riddle is I love that he can flip a switch and that he can go from this laid back bro dude into a terrifying killing machine and he is perfect in the ring he's better than perfect in the ring I have yet to see a Matt Riddle match that wasn't awesome I think this guy's future is so bright the sky is the limit for him as long as he can stay healthy and as long as he doesn't piss people off and from what i understand goldberg's really the only one that he's pissed off and uh, that's really not going to be a problem i don't think uh so matt riddle is uh, to, to me he's one of the top people in nxt if not he's close to the top and has as far as the main roster goes I think he's somebody that will very easily make that transition and retain every bit of heat that he has, and I mean good heat, 
when he moves does that main roster move uh, and you know i say main roster that's not fair because quite frankly to me not only uh, is nxt main roster now nxt is far superior to smackdown or raw uh, it just doesn't have the same size live presentation. Uh, and then Matt Riddle will be fighting Finn Balor, yet another guy that had to sell himself to me. And uh, I don't think I love him quite as much as some other people do, but I do respect his talent now. Uh, I, I'm i very excited by his current intensity. And I, I like Balor a little bit more when he's being a little heelish. Babyface Balor to me is a bit bland and seems to rely too much on body paint. But heel Balor, there's this cockiness and there's this certainty that really, really works and that he sells really well. And especially coming back to NXT as sort of the guy that used to own this place, he's playing that character very well. So I think Riddle versus Balor... uh, uh, it's hard to say that a singles match could be more of a spectacle than the War Games matches, but I would bet I will get more invested in this match uh, than I do in either of the War Games matches. Uh, I bet I'll get caught up in it, and it's it's going to be very intense, I'm sure, and I appreciate the fact that this is Finn Balor and not the Demon. I think... Uh, honestly, I don't know that heel Finn Balor or heel-ish Finn Balor should even pull the demon out because that's too much of a crowd pleaser. Uh, and then finally, the fourth announced match, and I, I don't know if we're only getting four matches, but that's all they've announced, is uh, Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. Uh, Pete Dunne is one of my favorite guys working right now. He reminds me of uh, all of my favorite tough guy, uh, mean, like, fit Finley, William Regal type guys in that he just has that that mean streak uh, that he puts on everything and he he's he's a fighter he looks like a fighter he acts like a fighter he takes everything he does very seriously uh, there there are no pretty little flips or anything like that he looks like he's out there to mess people up and he's fighting against uh, Killian Dane who has really stood out. I would not have picked him to be the member of Sanity that that stood out and had such a successful singles run. And granted, he's not that far into it, but uh, his feud with Matt Riddle was great. And what's been going on with him and Pete Dunne and Damian Priest has been very good. And Killian Dane has built up a lot of credibility in a very short time, I think. Uh, and then finally, Damian Priest, who I did not want to like at first... And I still don't like his little archer gimmick. I think it's a little goofy. But the guy's good in the ring. He's got a great look. That that shit-eating grin, that heel grin he's got. Uh, he just has that slimy heel douchebag character down. And he's very, very good in the ring. Uh you know, I, for one, am a big fan of Baron Corbin. I know most people are not, uh, but I feel like Baron Corbin is an excellent heel, but I feel like Damian Priest has the potential to be what I, at one point, thought Baron Corbin could be. You know, and at this point, don't get me wrong, Baron Corbin is your modern-day sort of uh, Kane-type character, where or, or corporate Kane, bad guy Kane, 
that you just sort of slot in and you know he's going to go out there and do the job. Whatever you ask him to do, he's going to go out there, he's going to get the heat, and he's going to make people cheer for the baby face. And I get that a lot of people like to call what he has X-Pac heat, but that's just because, unfortunately, we live in a day and age where people either don't know how or don't want to be real, actual heels anymore. Uh, there, There aren't real heels for the most part but baron corbin is a real legit heel and i feel like marks are mistaking his effective heelishness for x-pac heat because they don't remember what heels are supposed to be heels are not supposed to be kevin owens doing moves that get pops uh against baby faces even though he's a bad guy uh heels are baron corbin Uh, i I wish we had more of them uh so there you go that's uh nxt uh takeover war games 2019 happening saturday night in chicago no less should be a hot hot crowd and then the following night survivor series normally i don't envy wwe events that have to follow up takeovers but this survivor series is loaded you guys absolutely jam-packed uh we have adam cole versus whoever wins the triple threat between pete dunn killian dane and damian priest which means i think we're probably going to have adam cole versus pete dunn which is phenomenal this is for the nxt championship so you have adam cole who, as I said, I respect, I get it, I understand now. Adam Cole competed in this ladder match. He's competing in a War Games match, and then he's uh, defending his title at Survivor Series. This poor guy is crazy. He's working his ass off, and I hope he gets a little bit of time off after this, or I hope he's healthy enough to really ride this insane trifecta of matches into the stratosphere. Uh, because, like I said, he deserves success. He's earned it. Uh, we have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, which I, I just like to call him The Fiend. I, I, I feel like when he's in that character, we leave Bray Wyatt off. He should just be The Fiend. And honestly, I'd kind of be down with calling the sweater guy The Friend. Just The Friend and The Fiend. And uh, maybe every once in a while, somebody like Daniel Bryan, a salty little bastard who doesn't care for Bray Wyatt's nonsense, calls him Bray or whatever. Uh, it'd be like a snarky guy calling Undertaker Mark. But uh, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. This is exciting. I don't know where they're going to go with it. Uh, Daniel Bryan seems to have a whole lot of story going on right now, and I appreciate it because it means they can kind of pick and choose what works best and then move the fiend on or keep him there as needed. Uh, match is going to be awesome. Uh, to it's it's the hottest act in WWE right now versus one of the best workers in WWE right now, if not the best. Uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong, and and this is where these matches are where this is so exciting is we're seeing. Uh, it's not really just about SmackDown versus Raw. It's SmackDown versus NXT versus Raw, and that throws so much different flavor into things because SmackDown versus Raw, you're going to see two guys who wrestle basically the same style uh, with a few different moves uh, fighting. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. We've seen it a few times, and it didn't live up to what we wanted. They were great matches, but they didn't 
get to that NXT level. But you throw Roderick, uh, throw Roderick Strong in there with those two, uh, both of whom he has faced before back in the Indies, and I think something special is very, very possible here. Uh, and this is this is just a brand supremacy match, so it means no titles will change hands, but uh, intense and exciting match lined up. And then we have a five-on-five-on-five five five men's Survivor Series triple threat elimination match. That's a lot of eliminations, you guys. Team Raw. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet versus Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, who got his name back, hooray, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G, which is the worst thing ever. Just let that man be Chad Gable and kick ass. He's Kurt Angle Jr. He's great. He He's, he's a good talker. He's amazing in the ring. He's wonderful. Shorty G, terrible gimmick. Worse than Dusty's polka dots. Uh, versus Team NXT, uh, which is to be determined. Huh. That's interesting. And and honestly, this sounds terrible and, and cynical, but in all likelihood, they're probably waiting to see who gets hurt at war games, which is terrible. But that's kind of what's up. Uh, and then we have uh, the women's 5-on-5-on-5 five 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 Survivor Series triple threat elimination match. Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Asuka, Kari Sane, and Sarah Logan versus Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross versus Team NXT, also to be determined. Uh, I Should I pick winners for these? It just occurred to me that that's what people do when they're running down stuff like this. I kind of just want to talk about how interesting the matches are. And i got to say, these Survivor Series matches, they're going to be so big and they're going to be so much to keep up with. In all honesty, these are the kind of matches where we sit and we kind of talk to each other about the state of wrestling and tend to miss things. It's hard for me to get involved in these kinds of matches uh, especially in these circumstances, because I want NXT to win everything because it's the best brand. NXT is not going to win everything. And when you look at teams consisting of who these teams consist of, it's very hard for me to root unequivocally for one team. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. I, I used to love Survivor Series. I wish they would put something on the line. I've been saying this for years, and interestingly enough, Corey Graves apparently said it the other day, I wish they would put something on the line, like the main event at WrestleMania, uh, you know, make it that main event slot, or make the number 30 entry in the Rumble the prize. Do something where there's an actual tangible reward for whoever wins. Uh Instead, it's it's brand supremacy, which means absolutely nothing, and we know it. In this age of kayfabe, we know that that's horseshit. Or in age of no kayfabe, sorry. Uh, so I'll pick my winners at the end here uh, for, for Survivor Series. I'm not going to bother for NXT because really for those, I'm just in it for the match. Like I said, I don't want to speculate too much. Uh, then we have the brand supremacy triple threat tag team match uh viking raiders versus new day versus undisputed era and uh, that's going to be interesting because biggie and kofi are one of my favorite tag teams ever but the war raider or i'm sorry viking raiders and undisputed era are at a different level of wrestling than biggie and kofi have had to be perhaps ever so I'm interested to see uh, 
how New Day's sizzle holds up to Undisputed Era and Viking Raiders' stake. Uh, it should be a very interesting match. Uh, th- this one, I think, will keep everybody's attention. I, I fully expect Big E... And, and look, I'll say this. I fully expect Big E and Kofi to shine in a way that nobody sees coming. Uh, then second to last match, and this is not necessarily in order of how that will happen. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. This is the match I'm most excited about the whole weekend. These three women are at the top of their game right now. They're at the top of their intensity. Uh, Bailey's gimmick change, her change of attitude, has got her like more interesting than ever. I never left Bailey. I've always supported her. I've always thought she had more to offer. I never at any point said, "Oh, well, I guess that's that's Bailey's ceiling." I've always been behind her. I've never understood when people turned on her. Uh, and I think now she's doing some of the best work she's done since NXT, and I'm so excited to see her seeing the success. Becky Lynch uh, kind of cooled off a little bit, but the important thing is that the second she decides to turn it back on or the second WWE decides to turn her back on, the audience is into it. She's still massively over when she needs to be. And then, as I said before, Shayna Baszler is... is I think I said she was my MVP in WWE. She's one of my favorite performers right now because she's a fighter. She looks serious. She looks intense. Everything she does looks real, and she has that great cocky heel attitude, and I'm not going to pretend she's 100% golden on the mic, but she is intimidating and serious, and with her emotional support Amazons at her side, uh, she has this great heel thing going. Again, another true heel. She's not trying to be cool. Uh, sometimes she's a chicken shit. She uses numbers all the time to keep the advantage. Uh, but then when she gets in the ring, she backs up everything that she says. Uh, and then finally, the match that I don't care about at all, Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, Mysterio has come out of nowhere uh, to get this title shot for no reason. Uh, against Brock Lesnar, who also got a title shot for no reason. And uh, this this match honestly offends me a little bit. Uh, I'm not invested in it at all. And if it does go on last, if it is the main event, then I'll probably just go to bed early because i got to work the next day. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the fellows are over or not. Uh, I don't know how that's going to play out yet, but... All in all, I'm very excited for Survivor Series. Uh, I am not going to make any predictions because, like I said, I just want to sit back, enjoy it, and take what WWE gives me and, uh, you know, do do the best with whatever it is. All right, so that that's we're going to consider that the news segment for this week. And now I've got a little surprise here. I'm real quick going to do a live unboxing of the WWE Elite Series 72 Becky Lynch action figure. This is the first Mattel figure of Becky Lynch with the man gimmick, which it's shameful. It has been well over a year since this gimmick was established and became hugely over with the fans. And while we know that it generally takes about a year to develop an action figure from uh, initial concept to getting it on the shelves, we got a Funko Pop, the man Becky Lynch, about three months ago. And 
this Becky Lynch, well, first of all, we'll look at the new Elite packaging. Uh, Mattel has redesigned the Elite packaging again. Uh, it's red and white, very eye-catching, uh, looks good on the shelf, shows off the whole figure quite nicely, as well as the included accessories. On the back, you've got Becky Lynch from Dublin, Ireland, height 5'6", uh, career highlights, Raw Women's Champion, SmackDown Women's Champion, 2019 Royal Rumble match winner. Becky Lynch proved why she's the man after winning the Royal Rumble match and becoming the first woman to main event WrestleMania. Uh, the other figures in this assortment are Roderick Strong, which I will be getting, Buddy Murphy, which I might be getting, uh, Batista, Velveteen Dream, and Rey Mysterio. And I, I want to see those other ones in person. Dream is interesting because he's wearing uh, the getup that he wore on TV on the NXT uh, on USA premiere and they put this figure out technically at the same time that happened so I got this Becky Lynch from ringside collectibles uh, I, I don't love ringside but if you want your figures about three months before they're going to show up at Target Walmart or anywhere else then go ahead and buy them from ringside and and that's what I did here because I needed some protective cases for some signed figures that I have so I figured you know what I'll go ahead and throw uh, Becky Lynch in there because I needed enough to get free shipping so uh, pulling the tray out of the box, uh, we've got the figure, we've got her leather jacket, which is a soft goods leather jacket, which I vastly prefer over the rubber jackets that once you put them on, the figures can't move their arms at all, which is dumb to me. Uh, she comes with two extra hands that are open, uh, open fists that she could hold a microphone or a chair or uh, whatever with. And then... Uh, the default hands on the figure are closed fists because uh, she's got to do some punching. So what we're looking at here, this figure is mostly paint job. The As far as new parts go, the only thing new is the head. And the head is the first Becky Lynch head that looks like Becky Lynch. Uh, she has her sort of mean mugging face on her, her, like she's just said something tough and somewhat boisterous. You know, that face she makes that's almost duck face, but just looks meaner. That's what this figure is doing. And it is spot on. The sculpt is absolutely incredible. Uh, the sculpt of her hair is great. She's actually got the braids on the side, uh, and the the printing, the face printing is tremendous. The makeup, the lipstick, the eyebrows. Uh, this is right up there. As a matter of fact, I'm holding it next to the newest Star Wars Black Series figures that I have. And this is equal to those, for sure. This, this likeness is incredible. Uh, best Becky Lynch figure ever by far. Uh, and the rest of the figure is just a paint job. It's all generic parts. Uh, she's got the boots with the kick pads, which is not entirely accurate uh, because she actually wears uh, shoes with, uh, well, yeah, I guess, you know what? It's not that far off because she wears shoes with kick pads and then the socks with the, uh, the black socks with the white stripes, and that's what she's got here. Uh, she's got the fishnets. Uh, which when you bend her knees, there's no print on the joint. But you know what? That's not really a big deal. And they did print on the back. Uh, they look good. They look really good. Uh, her shorts are all paint job, no sculpt whatsoever, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's it's what Mattel does, but it's also kind of jacksy to me. Uh, I, I would like it if these eyelets or if the, 
the belt or the piping or something had some texture or was raised a little bit but instead uh these are these are all just paint although i do believe the shorts on this figure are the ones designed by a gentleman i know by the name of chris black who has made some of becky lynch's gear uh the 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 gear that has like uh, leather strips with eyelets and patches and stuff like that uh, he made a, a few things for her and i think these might be some of the shorts that he made i'll have to shoot him a picture and ask about that uh and then she's got the man tank top on which i gotta tell you i would rather her have ring gear on but she's wrestled in the man shirt and since this is the first figure of becky lynch as the man i guess it's appropriate that she's got this uh, tank top on now articulation wise this is a wwe elite figure it's got very good articulation uh the wrists for the first time on a female elite figure she has hinged wrists uh on both sets so that means they swivel and they move up and down on hinges they look uh really good these are great new fists and uh even new open hands that are a little bit smaller than some of the big giant like uh frog hands they've got on some of the other women they look really good and her skin tone looks really good too she's got a little bit of a tan uh she doesn't have that pasty look that some of the figures have or that plasticky look uh she's got a nice tan skin tone uh so the soft goods jacket looks great uh looks like a little leather jacket it's got the man printed on or it's got i am the man printed on the back uh just like the anthrax song and her hair is a soft rubber so it can actually sit on top of the jacket and look pretty good uh and the jacket fits on great it looks like it's got pushed up sleeves everything looks pretty accurate to how she wears her gear uh so yeah it's a great look whether you've got the jacket on her or not actually the hair in the front kind of sticks out a little bit when she's got the jacket on but it's not a big deal it still looks pretty good but yeah she looks like she's ready to fight and then the wrists or i'm sorry the hands pop right out pop right back in mattel's been doing a great job with those uh extra hands and interchangeable parts that's been working really well so i gotta say they did a great job on this figure would i have liked some more tooling on it yes absolutely i would have but uh, is it up to the standards of mattel's elite figures absolutely double jointed knees the paint that's on it is excellent very very well done and putting this becky up on the shelf especially with that jacket on i like the jacket more than i thought i would uh this is a tremendous figure they did a really really good job with her and i gotta say i i am at one point would have liked a seth rollins to go along with her but now they've thankfully kind of dropped that whole uh deal with them of making a big deal about the fact that they're dating or maybe even married are they married now i think they got married uh they've kind of dropped that a little bit so i'm good with just the man and she will go on the shelf with the rest of my wwe elite females so there you go a live unboxing that i didn't necessarily expect to do and now it is time to get right down to it 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time for the inaugural episode of the Needless Things Triple Slam. So cue up the WWE Network, find these matches, we will tell you when they took place, what they're from, and what time to cue it up to, and listen in as me, Derek Obscura, and Ryan Cadaver talk about some of our favorite memories from professional wrestling. We're here in the Phantom Zone, and Derek Obscura. Hello. Hello there, sir. That is I. To my left, and this was your brainchild. It we we kind of went back and forth a little bit, but this we, was definitely your idea. We had, like, a same concept, and I always thought it'd be cool, since this whole podcast stuff now, if, like, say, you went back, you watched a wrestling match, you muted it, and you could be the commentator and discuss what's happening as the match happens. Which, and and in going back and forth, we kind of yeah. talked about well, we'd want to share memories of, of course because yeah. to today what we're watching is from December thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine. This yes. is your choice. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, it's Edge and Christian versus the Hardys in a steel cage. Yes, and uh, to go back to that era, we're revisiting it and we're going to discuss not just this match, but yeah. our memories of what it was like being a fan back then. Yeah, yeah, and this is when we. <laughs> When I was uh, 23 and you were 8. <laughs> um, actually, I was one year older, so yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, as we talked about stuff, this is the first thing I can remember. And it wasn't even, you know, by choice. It was some people that, like, my aunt knew, and I was over there. And they were wrestling fans and had it on. And I was like, well, what is this? What's happening? Seeing this Raw episode and be like, oh, okay, well, this is kind of cool, this and that. I think it's this match with the cage and the Hardys and Edge Christian. And that was the moment where I was like, whoa, this is really cool. This is awesome. And that's what we talked about is we wanted to take a look at the matches that made us yeah. fans. Yes. And, of course, we had to bring in Mr. Ryan Cadaver. What's up? Glad to be back. And uh, we'll be getting to your match later on. Yeah. But for right now, all three of us are going to sit here. Uh, for you at home, queue up your WWE Network. Go to the December 13th, 1999 Raw. And uh, just a few matches in is One Edge hour, and Christian. two minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah, there's actually a timer on yeah. that thing, but I totally <laughs> did not notice until just now. <laughs> So yeah, one hour, two minutes, 20 seconds in, uh, Edge and Christian versus the Hardys, and uh, we're going to talk about this match, and we're going to talk about uh, how we feel about this era of WWF, and we are we have no affiliation whatsoever with WWE, so on this <laughs> podcast, we say shit like WWF. Yeah. yeah. We don't care. And championships, and titles, and, and belts. belts. We'll yeah. call them belts. Yeah. It's fine. So we're going to do a... Put it the one hour, two minutes, twenty seconds, and uh, go ahead and start now with good old Jr. Oh, 
Maybe oh, yeah, I should got, mute it. We gotta mute JR. We're gonna get sued if we use JR's We're just voice. Talking. Well, right now it's under uh, public use. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're totally. No, it's that's the, that's not how that works at all. I think it is. No, it, I don't it's think a so. Certain amount of seconds. It's oh yeah, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. thirty seconds, right? Yeah, yeah it's you're still good. longer. Dumb, dumb, Any dumb, lawyers dumb. listening out there? That's it's thirty seconds. So look at this. Whoa! So that may have been the first reason I thought this was great. Terry Runnels walking out in some kind of fishnet shirt yeah. with a fake nude effect going on. Yep. She actually looks kind of like an action figure right now because she has no nipples. <laughs> now, the with this match, like, when I first saw it, I remember watching everything, but there was a few standout moments, specifically Jeff Hardy. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Some crazy moves, you know, you know how he does. Oh, yeah, Jeff so, Hardy was, is a legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially recently. There's a good uh, Sean Reed episode, or moment with him and I and Jeff Hardy in the elevator, which is funny. Oh, Days of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah, what happened? Uh, him and I were leaving, me and Sean, and we went in the elevator to go to the parking deck, and then and like, somebody's like, hey, hold the elevator. I'm like, okay. And then it's Jeff Hardy and his wife and his kids, and then they're hanging out in there. We're like, hey. And then Sean and I are in the back, we're looking at each other like, like, holy shit. Yeah, we're like, oh, Jeff God. Hardy? And then he, like, gets out before us. He's like, all right, thank you. And we're like, yeah, sir, thank you. Yeah. You know how we do. Oh, yeah. In moments. Oh, yeah. Jeff and Matt Hardy, the shit. Yeah. Really great. And, uh, so, yeah, this was like, I didn't. How I do you feel about Edge and Christian? I love them. Yeah. I love them. There's times where I hated them, but retrospect, it's like they were fucking on it and cool. Oh, yeah. And great the whole time. Well, like, they're in the Matrix. He does, yeah. And his whole interest theme was too. In the oh, video. Yeah. oh, yeah. So. I was, at the time, I was an Edge and Christian guy. During this moment. I was, yeah, at, at, now. Because I, and I liked all of these tag teams that ended up showing up. Yeah. But the Hardys were, their look, their style, their presentation. Yeah. I was a little old for it. Okay. Like it was, t- it was a little too, you know. They're wearing the trip cargo yeah. pants. Yeah, they, they were that's my exactly co- how I looked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah. And that's the that's generation why they appealed thing. to. Right. Yeah. These yeah. these were my hot topic customers. Yeah. Where as Edge and Christian were the the blonde, athletic, traditional wrestler guys. Right. The I great heels. Yeah. Like I, I love those guys. Yeah. And this is after the Terry Invitational Tournament, where yes. Terry Runnels offered Which her services. The Hardys won. Right. And then that got messed up a couple months yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. Which, that lead into all this, and like, this is the first thing I ever saw, I think maybe really, of wrestling. I'm not sure. I may have saw some old school stuff when I was way younger, but I don't know. Sure, sure. This is the first time I remember actually sitting down and watching a whole thing of wrestling yeah it's it's like same with me like i like i have faint memories of yeah. like seeing like sting back like it when he had yeah, his makeup and, and everything his old makeup and yeah. hogan like i have faint memories of it but i didn't start paying attention until the attitude era yeah, I, yeah. I didn't really know what the fuck any of this was until i the attitude think era. as you mentioned about this era stuff like that speaks volumes of how good it was to well, people it, it reached out to him Definitely to me. Yeah, it was, was like, this is badass. Yeah. Well, it was so big, but especially in '99, because at this point, 
WWF was on top. Oh, yeah, yeah. WCW was was starting its decline, yep. or, or in the midst of, excuse me, in the midst of its decline, and but business was as, still as hot as it had ever been. Uh, you and know, to to look back at 1997, when you know big. I mentioned Hot Topic, we were carrying wrestling shirts at Hot Topic. Yeah. And then this, wow, like, even back then, ML yeah, Cage. I didn't realize that. And that that's insane. Swanton off the cage and Edge moving slamming us like back. Any shit. As me as a nine year old, I was like, "What?" And even and me and now, I'm like, I don't know. How yeah, and the still, fact that twenty still. years later, he's still doing. They it. still do it. Well, not right now. No, because, because he did too much of it back then. His knee. But he'll be back. So like this being, you know, I'm pretty sure I watched this whole episode when was airing or whatever. But this match was the one where I was like. What is that? This is cool. This is badass. And then I feel like people don't realize how fucking real this shit is. And they like, don't. I all. think your average no. person doesn't. Like, no. I don't. Like, because that's like, not a trampoline. That's no. That's pl- it's, it's thick plywood. Yeah. It's thick yeah. plywood. Yeah. That's not like. It you know. bounces because it's a 225 pound human yeah. body Landing falling on, on it. it. Yeah. yeah. It was all the stuff they were doing this match. For me, if this, like, as we said, we may have, like, saw Sting and this stuff before, but my first introduction to wrestling and all the shit they're doing, I was just like, man, this is cool. And I remember from that night of seeing this, I was hooked. And of course, like, my parents didn't like it, really. And I remember you know, I started watching every Raw, every SmackDown, Sunday Night Heat. And then my first, oh, yeah. like, because after this... They may have did the pay-per-view in December, I don't know. Didn't see that. And they did Royal Rumble in January. I didn't get to watch that on pay-per-view. We were watching the Heat episode before it. But then February, the next month, uh, No Way Out of 2000, it was actually on my birthday. So nice. my parents were like, yeah, we'll get it. And then that was when it I was It used like, to be a huge deal to get a pay-per-view. It was. I remember going to my friend's house, and I was like, man, my friend's parents are rich, because they yeah. just always get the pay-per-views. Yeah. They were not rich, but like, <laughs> yeah. they were just rednecks, but they, they always got the pay-per-views. And cool. that was the moment, like, my first pay-per-view was No Way Out. Look at that. At this point, um, I was living in an apartment with uh, Needless Beth and her husband, Terry, and my buddy Pete and his girlfriend. Uh, it was a big. It was it was a massive, like three bedroom apartment with a huge common space, and we would watch Nitro live because it started at eight. Right. Nice. So from yeah, eight yeah. to eleven, we watched Nitro, and we recorded Raw because there's no DVR. Yeah, yeah. There's no like time shift. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, was, I always had the VHS. Yeah, tapes we in. had VHS tapes, yeah. um, a stack. And it would record however many Raws, and then I'd start over again. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to wish that I still had them, but now with the network, it doesn't matter. It does, yeah. But we would, at 11 o'clock, when Nitro was over, we would watch Raw. Yeah. Um, and and it was it was Wrestling Central. All of us were into it. Yeah. Everybody was into it. We got, when we started, because we started with WCW. Um, okay. Right before Bash at the Beach '97 uh-huh. is when we started watching, and then Hogan turned. Spoiler yeah. alert: Hogan turned. <laughs> uh, Surprise! And then 
this buddy, well, James from the Tone Deaf Pig Dogs. Yeah. James was the guy that got me wanting to watch wrestling. Because I watched it when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and then just got out of it. Because my parents always hated it. They never wanted me watching it. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I just, there were other things that were more important to me. Yeah. But then in, in I'm sorry, I said 97. 96 was the best of the beach where Hogan turned. So 96, um, we started watching right before that. We're getting the WCW pay-per-views, and I was talking to my buddy James about it. And uh, did the match just end, or is this a weird segue? No, it ended. The match is over? Yeah. That was fast as shit. Yeah, it's really raw. Good. We didn't talk about the match at all. Yeah. Oh, we saw some things. Yeah. We pointed out stuff. So who won the match? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I all think... I know is Kane was terrifying. <laughs> I hated it when they put those mesh inserts into his suit, though. Uh, you didn't like that? No. no I didn't I like see it. see a little, little, little nip. I um, didn't care for it. So that was that match. And real quick, we'll touch on the said, like, got into that. Um, started watching every week. The first pay-per-view after that was Royal Rumble, I think. Probably Armageddon, I don't know. But I do remember watching the heat before Royal Rumble and being so upset we couldn't get Royal Rumble. So, but it's kind of cool because I had to tune in to Raw, of course, the next day. Oh, yeah. Like, there was no, I didn't have, we, I mean, the internet was kind of happening with yeah. but, so there's no spoilers, no nothing. Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like AOL disc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I could actually have to like sit on, wait for the Monday, be like, what happened? And then you could download oh, a, a picture of a match. Yeah. <laughs> only, the, only the hardest of the hardcore were on message boards yeah. at that point. Yeah, like, yeah, they, and, they uh, were spoiling yeah. shit and knew what was going on. Yeah. Like, the first pay-per-view I got to watch was No Way Out 2000, because it was on my birthday. So my parents, of course, felt bad. Yeah. But I think the week before, like, when they have the Raw go home and the SmackDown go home before the pay-per-view, the Raw was Atlanta. It oh. was at Georgia Dome. And I went... The first time seeing it, that's awesome. And I was like, this. shit, I wonder if we were there. Because that was when we were going to, yeah. to everything. It would have been like, the pay-per-view was February 27th. So it was like February 20. We were probably there. Third or fourth or something. And we were probably in the front row. Yeah. Because back then, you could get front row tickets for like 75 bucks or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, it wasn't $500 like yeah. it is now. Yeah. I was in some seats up there, but it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it like, it's, it's being able to see it live. Yeah, like if if you haven't done it, yeah, that era you too. should. It was oh sweet. yeah, it was, it was electric. It was, it was crazy. funny because like the week before the Raw and the SmackDown one, like because when DX put everybody in the fucking bus, sent them off, did this, and then Cactus Jack shows up. He's like, "Yeah, we were driving, and we picked up some passengers. <laughs> there comes Kane and the Rock out. It was just so cool." Yeah. And back then, the pyro was oh, intense. Yeah. Like, the pyro would go off in the building, and if you were there at the live show, like, yeah. you couldn't breathe for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. see shit in the ring. Couldn't hear. There's so much smoke. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. Oh. DX is, like, what really spoke to me, because, like, I was going to middle school. I was in Westall Middle School, and everyone had the DX shirt. Yeah. And, like, people were going to teachers, and they're like, suck it. And it was, like, <laughs> the most shit ever. And, like, all of us were, like, yeah. in it. Like, we were, like, our own little dance yeah, crew. Yeah, me too, yeah. And, like, I was like, yeah, fuck your Xbox. Did you say you were in your dance crew? Yes. No, I said, like, we were just, like, the, DX, the, the DX, oh, DX crew. Oh, DX crew. I was like, wait a minute. I'm we know Sean. about, we know about Sean's background. Yeah, yeah. Dude, we're I learning never, something different. The most I've ever danced is when I was shit-housed at Dragon Con. And I just kind of moved my shoulders. That's the most I've ever danced in my life. You.
All right, Phantom Maniacs, uh, I, I forgot to set this one up on the day, so here it is now. Get ready to queue up from March 1st, 1986, Saturday night's main event, Hulk Hogan versus Magnificent Don Morocco. That's from March 1st of 1986. All right, here we go. What so we are starting this now. That's right. And this 23 look. minutes in... At, at, at 43 years... Yeah, thank you for going for the timestamp again. I, I'm, I'm trying totally to keep failing. the people on track. I'm totally <laughs> failing in that capacity. Uh, Derek Obscura, your official timekeeper All for this I episode. do with music stuff is keep time, so that's true. <laughs> that's why. You're so, way better than our drummer. Yeah, I know. At this point in time, my... Uh, my wrestling. Well, let me real quick. At this point yeah. in time, you were not. But neither of you were born. Thought. You know. We are just fucking. Look at that title. Look. Look at the old WWF in title. The same sack, brother. That yeah. little tiny title. <laughs> Seeds in the sack. Uh, it's funny how they change that every time. So now they get bigger. But yes, continue. Look at Hogan's weird white knee pads too. I don't like those. They should be yellow. It's strange. Yeah. But yeah. this is like. Still, sort of, or it's 1986, Before. so it's it's uh, WrestleMania has happened. WrestleMania two has not happened yet because that was the culmination of what happens what yeah. we're watching right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had to sneak. I was ten years old. I had to mm. sneak to watch wrestling. Okay. And what we had was recap shows that came on late Saturday night and like Sunday afternoons, mm-hmm. and they actually recapped. All wrestling, WWF, NWA, um, like whatever it is Texas world class wrestling, yeah, yeah. like it, it would do segments where it showed different matches from everything. But this one I watched. It was Saturday Night's main event. It was a replacement for, for Saturday Night Live that they did, I think, quarterly. Mm-hmm. And so I was stoked because I was getting to see a whole wrestling show, a lot of stuff, not just a recap. Hulk Hogan at this point to me was like I, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was a Hulkamaniac, but I was very aware that Hulk Hogan was this amazing superhero good guy. Yeah. Uh, but I just hadn't really seen enough. I hadn't been able to keep up with it well enough. Right. To totally love the guy yet. Yeah. But what's going on right now, even though he's doing back rakes, yeah. Hulk Hogan is the big baby face hero. Don yes. Morocco's the yeah. bad guy. And uh, Bobby Heenan, of course, we know the Weasel. He's yep, the manager. Yep. And there's there's Hulk Hogan's doing what he does. He's the best ever. Yeah. As far as oh, yeah. connecting with the crowd and expressing the the energy, mm-hmm. he, nobody has been as good as Hulk. Even Stone Cold, like I would consider Stone Cold to be a better overall professional wrestler. And obviously, yeah. Ric Flair For, is the greatest of all time. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Nobody has ever connected with a crowd like Hulk Hogan. I agree with that. So watching this match as a 10-year-old kid, late Saturday night, volume's down, lights are off in my room because my parents don't want me watching this stuff. Yeah. Um, And I'm sitting here and I'm watching Hogan just beat the tar out of Don Morocco. And it's great because Morocco, look, you can't understate Morocco's value in this because look at the way he's selling for Hogan. Like... True. Right now, yeah, he's just whipped. Hogan's beating him up, but look, we're gonna get the traditional back and forth, back and forth, and then a little movie stole from Dusty. Now that's real quick, fucking Heenan's in that uh, 
Dan Kelly. Oh, yeah, 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 he does. <laughs> He's looking a little like Weasel Zig. That's <laughs> <laughs> even though when they had the red, white, and blue ropes. Oh, uh, and the bear hug. I love the red, white, and blue ropes. Yeah, yeah, I like I'm those a huge too. Fan yeah. of that. Well, that's why that retro ring I've got over there, that's why I love that thing so much. Because yeah. anyway, it's, it's that's basically this ring from yeah. this era. I'm a fan of that, which is great. Uh, but Morocco, if you remember, was in the cage match against Jimmy the Superfly Snooka the, that Mankind, that McFoley saw. The, yeah, the that he did the off the top. top. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Morocco, I feel like is often sort of underappreciated in the the general yeah. legacy of of WWF. Yeah, and like you know, obviously he's built. Stout. He's a big dude. Yeah. Well, he he looks like a man's man. He's yeah. got that sort of Harley race, Ole Anderson. Is, like he's know. not he's not an underwear model. He looks like he could beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which yeah, it's that era. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. yeah. Those are the guys I like. Like I'm way more scared of Don Morocco than I am of Seth Rollins. Yeah. And nothing against Seth Rollins. Right. He's right. an incredible athlete. Yeah. He has come into his own with this la- over the last couple of years. Yeah, he's got the baby but face in an thing alley. Down. Like if it's in an alley, right? right yeah. I'm going to run away from yeah. Don Morocco, and yeah. I'm probably going to talk shit to Seth Rollins. Exactly. Well, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> probably compliment the man. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, a dude, a dude that looks like, like Seth if, Rollins. If I walk past the alley and Seth Rollins, they're like, "Hey, what's up?" Oh well, shit, you're Seth Rollins. Like Rocco's it's literally there. Seth Rollins. Yeah. That's but if I walk past the alley and Rocco's what there. What are you I'm, doing in this alley? I'm still walking. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to know what's yeah. happening here. Are you trying to burn it down back here? What are you doing? But I'm yeah. telling Becky Lynch. Yeah. Whatever you're up to. How dare you be back here burning it down? So now we're we're into the end game. Hogan is doing his classic. He's gonna. He's getting beat down. Uh, yeah. yeah. And the, then the bad guys got the advantage. He's gonna hulk up. Yep. Gonna take his vitamins. And that's the thing is Hogan, like, which learned this formula. Now, like if you're like really into wrestling, if you are like we are and always watch it, always know all this stuff, and these moments when. The bad guys getting the upper hand like this. And you know what's going to happen. You know he's going to hook up. You know he's going to win him. And that kind of aspect still kind of happens today in certain situations. But I feel like when it does, like, I'm never like, oh, here we go. Like, it's still kind of, like, always exciting. It's still exciting because Velveteen Dream is basically doing the whole coaching thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. But it's it's still exciting to see. And that's... That's the thing. It's classic. There's yeah. some things I like. like you they, just don't just, need to reinvent the yeah, wheel too much. There's some kind of like just general magic about wrestling. Yes, for sure. It, for sure. That's why right. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that narrative. It's that play. I of like good the versus silliness evil. of it. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what I like about wrestling. And yeah. I think it's cool enough. At least you know I can't speak on what it is now and being young. Yeah, and like in our eras of stuff and. Seeing this and then being so like captivated, I'm like oh my god! And then of course, you get older, you figure it out, but you still stick with it, and you're like, even though some silly stuff happens, it's still still cool to you. Yeah, so, I mean, I think almost every kid, at least for a while, thinks it's real, unless oh, they're yeah. specifically yeah. told that. It's yeah, not, which yeah. I was, which I'll get to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would rather. Watch this than UFC, anyway. yeah, because 
This is designed to entertain. Yeah. Any day. And the, it's way more fun. Yeah. yeah. At this point in my life, I watch wrestling to see how good they are at mm-hmm. making me forget what I know about it. Yeah. Right. That's For my sure. point. And yeah. when I... When I believe a match, when I can lose myself in what's going on, yeah, those are the best matches. Yeah, completely side note, but uh, you know we're doing that panel at DragonCon about the Blair Witch. Yes, we just had the same talk about that movie about how that movie's good because you know it's fake. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. No, we you're gotta, good. You're good. we gotta go because this is it. Okay, this is what destroyed me when I was a kid. This is King Kong Bundy. Yes. Oh yeah. When I was a kid, I was more scared of him than I was of Jason, of Freddy, of Leatherface, of anybody because of what's happening right now. Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought he just broke Hulk Hogan's back. Right there. Because I'm 10 years old, I see this monster. Look at him. I mean, look at this guy. He throws ref out. He he doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything except hurting our hero, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I was... Devastated. I was sitting there this entire time with my jaw on the floor, hating Bobby Heenan, terrified of King Kong Bundy, hating Don Morocco, couldn't believe what they'd done to Hulk Hogan. And, and the announcers are selling it yeah. like he, they've just crippled Hulk Hogan. They, yeah. they sell it, he throws the ref out. People are throwing stuff in the ring. And look at the Undertaker pin! Holy shit, Don oh, yeah, Morocco just did the yeah. Undertaker pin! And look at Bundy going again... again. This was horrifying to me. The, yeah. no, there's nothing that WWE has done since. It, look, they're turning him over. He's getting another they're shot at that back. already injured back. Yeah. Now, I didn't get Hulk's to see it. Yeah. WrestleMania two. Yeah. I because I I, I, I didn't. My parents. There's no way I was going to yeah, see WrestleMania yeah. two until years later. So in my mind, this is where it comes. That's off. when he died. The bulldogs come out. They're what are the British bulldogs doing out here? Yeah. This is how serious this shit is. The British bulldogs came out to check on Hulk Hogan. Which, He's not moving. Yeah. And I thought that Bundy broke Hogan's back, Which, and lived with that thought for for, for months. Yeah. Yeah. So this Damn. was this was crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. it's so cool. It makes it even cooler how like you stumble upon this. As a kid, and then these things happen, you're like, "Oh my god!" You don't have context. You don't. Yeah. All you. Yeah. All I was getting was this direct into my head with yeah. no preconceived notions. Oh yeah. No idea that uh-huh. about kayfabe or anything oh, no. like that. Yeah. And look at him. Look at Hogan, man. Yeah. He's suffering. And they're bringing, they're bringing out a stretcher yeah. for him. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like this oh, in yeah. my ten years. Yeah. It was crazy. So now they've we've we've commercial break. We're back. Yeah. He's in the cervical collar. They're wheeling him out. Taking our him out. hero. It was our, like eighteen the, people carrying him out. Nineteen eighty six. Hulk Hogan's bigger than Mr. T at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. and Mr. T at his height was the biggest celebrity in the world. Uh, this was just devastating to me, and and uh, I, I wanted I to go back why. and watch it. That's a good yeah. one. Good one, and and yeah, Bundy is a, another guy that yeah. I think is a little underappreciated in the history. But yeah, that's uh, so that's my that's, that's the match that made me a fan. There, you see a little bit of Gorilla Monsoon yeah. right there. Look at him; he's well, freaking that's out. Good that that match and the stretchers and ambulances and yeah, this oh, yeah, didn't this didn't happen all the time back then yeah. like it does now. Oh, yeah. yeah, this was truly was like this one of the first. Times what is happened? going on? 
Uh, I honestly I can't okay. speak to that, but it was the first time I had seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you know that's a real ambulance. Oh, it's yeah. a legit ambulance. Oh, yeah. And so to me, stuff. yeah, it was it was real. It was what just happened. I, I was devastated. And that like of the attitude error portion as we mentioned before, like they spared no expense on anything. Oh yeah, attitude error. Oh was yeah, all out. that stuff and his cement trucks oh, yeah. and. You want to wreck this car? That's fine. The Zamboni. Yeah. Zambonis. <laughs> All right, Phantomaniacs. Just to be safe, uh, this match is Ryan's pick. It is from June 28th, 1998. King of the Ring, Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell. Uh, now hit that fancy down button because we can go by match by match, right? Uh, well, we're here. I already got us to it. Did you? We're on the match. Well, it looks like it's at 21 seconds. It does look like it's... I thought I put us on the match. I guess I didn't. Wait. Okay. Mankind versus Undertaker. Hell in a Cell match. Woo! Ryan's pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. 147.25. Yes. I'm sorry, timekeeper Derek Obscure. I took I'll, your job. I'll let you have this Well, one. there was two matches, this and the I Quit match, that made me think that my dad was just lying to me when he told me that wrestling was fake. And I was like, <laughs> this is Did real. He, tell you on both of those no he he told me just in general uh so like much like you like like wrestling was not really a thing in my household and it's not that my parents hated it yeah they just didn't they get support me watching it it was a thing too and like attitude era stuff was very risque and a lot of stuff that like you know oh yeah not saying like i grew up like a christian thing but yeah there are things that you don't say you don't do yeah yeah my my dad just like so he went to some like some wrestling event in alabama when he was a kid and he saw that like a guy had like you know the crimson mask like bleeding everywhere and uh he's like there's cops like by the fucking ring and they're just laughing and like clapping and shit and my uh-huh. dad's like what the fuck like why are these cops getting involved and then he said afterwards they left the event like him and his parents and they went to go eat at a diner and like two of the wrestling wrestlers that were trying to kill each other in the ring were there having dinner. Right, right. And that fucked his world up. Right. And then after that, he was like, I never watched wrestling And that's again. back in the day. Oh, they, they portrayed that it was real. taboo. Like, yeah, yeah. They, those guys would have gotten in trouble for yeah. that shit. Totally, yeah. totally. And, and my dad was like, that, like, yeah. at the time. Because, like, I feel like now it's presented as sports entertainment, and that's rad. Uh, but like yeah, For then sure. it was presented as real. So yeah. um so you couldn't be hanging out with yeah. Dude. So my dad was very bothered by that, and yeah. like it totally swore off wrestling after that. Yeah, and I, I can, understand that. Yeah, I can, I he's like he's like I won't it. watch wrestling anymore because that ruined it. It's like that's bullshit. And like I watched all this shit with like Mankind and Stone Cold and The Rock, and yeah. and, and I was like, this doesn't seem fake. Well, and this even because I was this was ninety seven. Ninety-eight. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I'm I'm 22. Yeah. And I'm still like I'm aware it's a work, but at the time the WWF is executing things in such a way that it, that it makes it. you wonder sometimes. Yeah. 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 And this match is one of those this things. Was, it's one of the ones that made me where you're like, wait, is this real? And especially, yeah. well, well, I, I won't yeah. spoil yeah, it yeah, now, yeah. but towards this, the end, yes, yeah, it yes. gets. Really Very intense. Yes. Yeah. Really real. This one, I will this say. This one definitely. Like, I, I do like the other one you mentioned. That yeah. quick one. This one, like, you know, like my girlfriend now, like, 
if I want to show somebody a wrestling match yeah. for the first time, yep. I will put on this one. Oh, hell yeah. Because I'm like, you don't even know. If an alien came to me and was like, I yeah. want to know what wrestling is, I'd probably show yeah. him. Well, and there, it's because that you, you uh, the, the term when somebody throws a punch that's a little too fake is you could see the lights yeah. through the punch. Yeah. Right, right. And there's none of that in this match. No. Because... Everything they're doing is real. Yeah. There's That's, no... Yeah. It doesn't matter how planned it is. It's all... You don't fake getting thrown off the top of no, the game. You can't. You can't yeah. fake that. Yeah. Or through it. Or through it. Yeah. God. There's no faking anything that these guys do and in this match. I love, like, you know, of course, at the time, it's crazy. Now, you look back, and you get to hear stuff now from, like, you know, Mankind and Undertaker. Yeah. Talking about stuff throughout this match. And my favorite, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what's what, but of Mankind being like, when we got up there, and like, you could see the cage, like, it was zip ties. Well, the whole time you could see the zip ties yeah. flying off. Oh, yeah. And then, he, and then yeah. he's like, I was going to, like, DDT the Undertaker, and he was like, you could see him quickly counter it, and be yeah. like, this ain't happening. No, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, this, this match is straight up dangerous. Yeah. There's and there's they, nothing, no buts about And he had, they got like a broke foot at the time, yeah. too. Yeah, they, I mean, Foley obviously has talked about This, this yeah. is probably the most notorious match in the history of professional I was trying wrestling. to figure out For the sure. word. Yeah. I don't know if I was going to say, like, it's, greatest match or what it, notorious I, I, I probably wouldn't ever call it, like, the best match or the yeah. greatest match, but it notorious is the most notorious the match. I also feel like as sure. far as camera work, it's some of the best they've ever had. Those like, well, all angles... They this is only the second Hell in a Cell matchup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because the first one was Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Yeah. And that and you know, Mick Foley again, he's talked about this dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of times, but he talked about like that match oh, was yeah. a, a watermark. Yeah. How do we live up to that? Yeah. And Terry Funk is the one that told him go up on top of the gate. Oh my god. Look at that. That's that was terrifying. Yeah. They have definitely like oh fixed yeah this fucking look you just yeah. those zip ties are just popping the whole time it's zip times I think it was think this about... moment where it was like I was gonna do this and our take was like no you're not yeah he's like yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. right there you think see about it. He's like, no yeah you know now just walking on it and then here we go here's the moment how. And look at the oh people. Oh my gosh, he just tossed him off. He just tossed him yeah. off the top Which, of no that fanfare, 20 foot cage. Yeah. yeah and nowadays, foot, right? if they did something like this, they there'd be all kinds up. of like showmanship. Yeah, they and, fake it three times. And, right, right. Yeah. yeah. There it just happened it. because this was still like edgy, daredevil, like sort of underground type yeah, stuff where yeah. they were taking real risks because yeah. they believed in what they were doing so and much. And that too, like, beyond the... T- like, just concrete. Like, right! Oh, yeah. No, that, I mean, like, because uh, when Shane McMahon went off the cage uh, a couple years ago, still impressive as With fuck. take a match? Yeah, still yeah. impressive as fuck. But, like, you could see the padding and everything. Big difference yeah, yeah, in yeah. what he landed yeah, on. Yeah, I think he was, like, dropping. Yeah, through, yeah. yeah. There he was wasn't a, just thrown off. No, he wasn't just bitch <laughs> tossed off. Yeah. Mrs. Foley's baby boy just yeah. went through a standard-ass plywood table. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was just bitch tossed yeah. right off that thing. 20 feet. No thought. Just thrown. And then, like, definitely 
There's Terry Funk yeah. out, and this is where you kind of start we, questioning. Because we, we were watching this live. Yeah. It was uh, me and Beth and Noel and Pete and Terry, and like we would have groups over to watch these pay-per-views, mm-hmm. so there were probably a dozen of us or more watching this. And at this point, Terry Funk, who is not really an on-screen character in yeah, WWF, yeah. Yeah. comes out, and we're aware of the relationship between him, as, him and Mick. He's yeah. taking his mask off. He's stopping everything. He's the refs are out there. Like yeah. this, even we I think bought this. Vince yeah. comes out too. Even though we knew the nature yeah. of wrestling, we bought this because Mick Foley just fell twenty feet through a table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was regardless of the circumstances yeah. that was real, and we thought, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah. Then I mean, it must be over. Everybody, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's just so many ways that could have gone wrong. Easily. Oh, um, for sure. Easily. Like, you see these mic stands sitting there? What if you went through one of those mic stands? Yeah. Like, those things are solid as Like, hell. even, like, if his legs went further and just landed on the rail. Yeah. I, well, I that think would have snapped his legs. Yeah. Dude, I I look at the announce tables and I see even, like, a pencil. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, ah, what if that ends up in somebody? Well, it's like, yeah. um... You know, the next, I think it's the 2000 Royal Rumble where Foley and Triple H had their match. Street fight. Yeah. The street yeah, fight yeah. where Triple H gets he gets suplexed onto the uh, the pallet uh-huh. and that giant splinter goes into his oh, calf. Yeah. Does it? Oh, it's no, brutal. Yeah, it, yeah. It's horrifying. What? And he's got blood just pouring like a yeah. faucet out of his calf yeah, for the yeah. rest of the match. Yeah. It's insane. And little things like That's that. That's like that some CZW nowadays, shit. <laughs> right. Nowadays, everything that they do, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Everything they do no, is they're, they're safe Every table yeah. is yeah. made by prop masters. Yeah. Every pallet, everything is made as safe this, as it can be. Yeah, they're, they're raising the cage up and Undertaker's still up yeah. there. Yeah. 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 What Vince is happening? Is Sergeant there. Slaughter is out. And Vince's out there just hanging out. Yeah. Like, I mean, you thought. Like shit, we bought it. We wrong. bought it. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean it really feels like this is over. Like and the, the whole right, the match is over. done. It's all over. Like. Yeah. So we're raising the cage up. We've got to yeah. get the stretcher through. Um, and or this, the, the like, cell. The, yeah, the hell yeah. in a cell, which at the time was still considered the most diabolical. That like, was terrifying. Yeah. 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 No. It, I mean, I remember as a kid, like. Just saying the word hell yeah. or the devil was right. scary. Yeah, yeah. right. What? It, it, and it then, raised it up a level. This yeah. was 98. I think the first one was 96 or 95. Um, I think it was 97, actually. Because it, it was when Kane debuted. Oh, yeah. It was Survi- Survivor Series 97, wasn't it? Maybe. Is that right? I, I know like Kane debuted in 97, yeah. But I th- yeah. I th- I think that's correct. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, busting in. I'm gonna do a little research. That fucking here. moment well, well, actually, I know we're gonna get those comments. Yeah. Actually, Trebek. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, we posted up the episode. Well, actually, it was '72 well, when the fucking hardcore belt was thought of. <laughs> oh, now this is, brings me to the stupid Hell in a Cell pay per view, which is just the dumbest fucking idea ever. That but are you gonna go build a pay per view around? Gimmick. Okay. Oh, originated yeah, in, in October. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Okay. Originated 1997. Okay. Um. Obviously, at, oh, the first one is it Bad Blood in Your House. I missed the In Your House pay per view. Those ones were awesome. Uh, I love I that. 
obviously like so it was bad blood in your house in october 1997 okay and that's when kane made his debut okay which for the listeners if you want to know more about that go check out kane on the needless things podcast that was dragon that was such a good interview He's amazing. I can't yeah. believe he interviewed Kane. That's like it's a childhood crazy. dream. Well, yeah. this year, oh, I'm interviewing oh, I Gold Dust, well, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, and Jake the Snake. Jake yeah. the Snake. Holy shit, dude. All right, so now, um, Foley's back up. We, watching this live at the time, are standing up in the living room going, what? Look what is him. happening? Yeah. This was unbelievable, and again... They sold it so well that yeah. my disbelief wasn't even in the room. It was done. It was gone. It was done. I thought that Foley was legit yeah. back to kill he Undertaker. Was just like, Fuck it. And right, right. It's exactly. even more yeah. intense because it said like after he got thrown off and Terry's out there and they take his mask off, he's going up normal. And that's the care. thing is the mask is gone. Yeah. So it, and it feels like he's which is totally and this, character. And you're like, oh. Oh, oh God! And Dude. to think that's oh. the bump that hurt worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and was again, a chair involved. It goes back. <laughs> it goes. Well, yeah. The chair yeah. hit him in the face and knocked out his tooth, yeah. or knocked his tooth off his nose. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But to go back to that ring yeah. and what it's made of at that time, yeah. going through the table was easier Indeed. than hitting that ring. Yeah. yeah. And the table was a good foot further down. Yeah. Real quick, have you ever seen this meme where there's a woman named Helena Sell on Facebook? Oh, yeah. And somebody messaged him, and they're like, I remember when Undertaker threw Mankind off of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's the funniest Um, So, yeah, so he fucking chokeslides up through the cage. Terry Funks. He's down there. Undertaker jumps down from the cage, and you see him wobble on his... Fucking yeah, yeah. Foot. Oh man! And then this best thing, is I mean, yeah. The, the commentary is like he choke slammed him out of his shoes. <laughs> yeah, Terry. Well, and Funk is just <laughs> he but, out of his shoes. this. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't any Most kind of, of like this is yeah. Funk buying time for Foley to recover. It is, yeah, because yeah. he knows how hurt he yeah. is. Yeah. Man, it took oh. like no effort to fall through that though, which is no, scary because no. they're walking well, on right. that. Well, and... that was a gimmicked panel though. They knew that was the gimmick. Okay, panel. okay. But the, th- I mean, the most great thing, and that like so him dying, um, as we hear fully talk about it, he's like, I'm glad like I got thrown off first, and that sucked off the cage. He was like, and I was crawled back up it. And I was so weak. And when I did the choke slam, I couldn't actually go up. Yeah. He yeah. Was like, I'm glad I just fell backwards. He was like, yeah. if I went up, oh, yeah. he was like, I would have laid down my head and I would have been dead. Yeah. But you you can see that's the only panel of the the fencing yeah. that has a border around it. Yeah. Right, right. But it wasn't supposed to give like that. Old school. Yeah. No school. No school. <laughs> Goes down. Yeah, here comes Somebody classic, should grab Terry Funk's champion The sneakers. classic visual scene here. Terry uh, Funk. Oh, there it is. The tooth and the nose. God, this is I still want to know, like, did it come from inside or outside? Right. Because it could have very easily, if the impact hit yeah. and he inhaled, it could have gone up oh, through. Fuck! Yeah. I didn't even think through the, the inside, inside out. That's terrifying. Because 
how did it get there? Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. yeah. You think it would just knock your tooth out, not like right. But if it if it hit him in the face and drove the tooth back, and he yeah, while the tooth was going in, it which is very popular because you hit your breath's gone. Right. 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 Yeah. I can't believe he's still moving at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He can't pick the steps up. Uh, I think that was legit. Yeah, I think so too. No. Yeah. Totally. He still got the tooth. Yeah. I think Undertaker's Taker's like, I'll do it though. Yeah. Because I'm fucking Undertaker yeah. and Kayfabe is the only thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to beat your ass even man. though you just died. That right? man does not need any more ass beating. No, he does not. <laughs> I think anybody who has looked at Mick Foley in the last five or so years and his appearances he's made and have forgotten what he did in this industry should go back and watch this match. Oh, my I, God. Because, oh. I look, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. When he came out and introduced that 24-7 title, yeah. I was just like, this is terrible. I yeah. feel bad for this guy. Uh, the Waffle House title. Yeah. 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 Uh, which has turned out to be Maybe awesome. Yeah. yeah. But when he introduced it, it, yeah. was, it was bad. It was not good. Did Undertaker just totally <laughs> die yeah. in the cage for, the no cage reason? for no reason? Because Foley like wasn't even close. No, <laughs> at all. <laughs> that was kind of a huge fuck up. That was weird. Uh, Foley was probably there like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. it kind of fell over. Yeah, it just took Taker that long to get across the ring. Probably. This is unbelievable. He's I, always I been like a little slow, but that's okay. yeah. Even now. All these years later, I cannot believe Foley is still going. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially now, you know, when I was watching this at 98, at 22 years old, being a younger man who's not full of aches and pains, watching this didn't have the same impact as it does now, knowing, like, Okay, so I wake up in the morning. Shit doesn't heal. Like it's right. just like yeah. it just hurts now. And that hurts now. Yeah. Now thinking about the fact that granted McFoley's younger than I am now in this match, he was probably just over thirty. Yeah, maybe. But like, I can't even imagine what he felt what? like the next day. Yeah. I can't imagine what he feels like now, day yeah. to day. Dude, my arm is still sore from Marta Fress from being in the bouncy house. <laughs> And it's still sore. <laughs> and this match, too, like, all this happens. It's crazy. And the main event, he comes back out. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, later in the night. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you need to be in yeah. the fucking Just stop. Who had to follow this? Triple H and Kane? Is that right? No, it's Stone, Stone Cold and Kane. Stone Cold yeah. and Kane. In the first blood. Because that was pretty badass. Stone Cold. But they well, brought the cage, they brought the cell back down. Yeah. yeah. They did all the shit. And then, too, like, that was the first time I think Kane wore both long sleeves. This is, like, when yeah, fucking Hell in a Cell was, Dude, like, they're doing... Ringside Collectibles is doing... And I'm not really... Like, I've got my guys over there. But Ringside Collectibles is doing a Kane figure. Mm-hmm. But it's called... It's, it's exclusive to them. It's called Revenge of the Dead Man. And it's Kane with two sleeves. Uh-huh. But it comes with a Kane head 
and an Undertaker head Whoa. with the Kane mask from what? when he played Kane. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah. And it looks so badass. Holy I would shit. I'm like, that. Uh, I'm like really tempted by that one. That's awesome. And then now you're like, okay, this match. I then this fool. I'm bring out. <laughs> right. It really? It should have been yeah. long over. We need this. Yeah. We need thumbtacks in this. And again, you know, now we we get it. We get the thumbtacks. But yeah. then I didn't even didn't know what know. he was doing. Yeah. I didn't know what this was because I wasn't a big ECW guy. Yeah. Um. But I mean, what, like, what is the thing on the thumbtacks? I mean, it still hurts. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying. It's awful. It's not good. It was funny though. Is Foley ends up with someone, so many more of them. Oh my god! Uh, than because I'm taking it. I'm it. Having it. Right. Right. He's like, nope. He's no, like, no. yeah, I'm not doing your little ECW yeah. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. That's not my jam. He's like, just fucking no, stop. Mick Ghost, Foley is hardcore. Ghosts and spooky uh, lightning is my jam. Yeah. yeah. Thumbtacks, not, not my jam. No. 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 Yeah. He throws them over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, nope. I'm He's gonna like, kick yeah. you in the face before you throw me in those thumbtacks, yeah. bitch. Yeah, I think. Oh, the mandible claw, which, yeah. by the way, it's let's great give classic. it up to yeah. Bray Wyatt, the fiend. Oh yeah, woo! Shit. Love it, love it, love I'm it. All about it. That did you watch? Did you guys see SummerSlam? Oh, oh yeah, dude. that yeah. was the best that shit ever. Fuck, that was the best awesome. part of SummerSlam. That was that SummerSlam was, was pretty good. I liked that, it. That was my favorite part. We were. It was. Um, was that it was no? Fucking... There were only like four of us here because I had to work. Well, I was supposed to work next. Yeah, so we're keeping it really low key. But we all went fucking nuts for that. That yeah. was the jam. It was that just the entrance with that head, the fucking the lantern, lantern, lantern mouth, yeah, that which was we'll sick. never get a toy of. Well, apparently they, are. they've already cut it out of the yeah. uh, the uh, yeah, they've cut it out of the replay. Well, they it's cut just fucked up. But no, it's I was reading new stuff and they're like they're they're gonna keep it. Oh, they are. Yeah, you okay. know WWE shop right now. Yes, is taking pre-orders for the mask and mm-hmm. for all the puppets. Whoa. Well, there was the one thing. Oh God, that's uh, a lot of taxes rolled into, buddy. So you just roll right into them because they uh, put out a uh, some kind of fuck. thing. I don't know if it's the same thing you're talking about. There was some fire fly house thing. Like, oh yeah, set. they did with the cutouts, and it sold out. Sold out in like two minutes. Yes, wow. five. It was a limited edition of five hundred. It was Gone. a Firefly Funhouse like yeah. playset T-shirt and yeah. something else. The little cutouts. Yeah. And it was gone before uh, it was gone before I even knew about it. Yeah. Yeah, the Undertaker got like zero tax. He was not happy. <laughs> he's that. got him like in his boots. Yeah, yeah. He got like one. At that he's point like, he was good. like just Look at his elbow. Stop. That's the one that kills me. The, elbow. the one in his oh, elbow. Yeah. yeah. Oh Ugh. But you know like if I like stepped on one tack, I would cry for a day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, I would be like, Man, this this sucks. There is. End it. Which maybe we'll touch on it. Look at the ref. The ref's counting yeah. with his palm up, yeah. so he's not smacking it into yeah. the thumbtacks. Yeah, that's smart. And there's... Mickey uh, J, referee Mickey J. We may, may touch on, maybe not, but it, of course involved Mick Foley. And he had his feud with Randy Orton. And he oh, brought yeah. the tax. And Randy goes Randy for Orton's pretty ass. Randy Orton tags. goes for the RKO. I think he just pushes him off, and he lands on it. Like, Randy Orton, bareback. Yeah. And there's this moment... Where he hits, and he's like, oh, and then his face just changes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, that's, yeah. that's where you get the cold well, chills, and you're done. Yeah, that was the match that, 
And I'm still not really a big fan of Orton. Yeah. But that was the match that made Orton for me. Yeah. 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 Because he he brought it. Yeah. That match is still great. And we'll actually we'll probably do that match yeah. on a future episode. Oh, yeah, I'm down. Uh, that that one and the one with Edge. Edge and the table. Yes. Oh. Yes. So Both of those oh, for sure. Shit, I just already I'm, yeah. I'm gonna save it, but I already got my idea for next time. <laughs> just talking great. about this. It's great. And it's cool because we do this, this platform. Well, it's just fun revisiting these. Yeah, it's great. absolutely. And now, like, if we like, this we, one's more brutal than I remember as a child. It really it gets, is. It like, gets like crazy. every time. Well, and, and I think that's what it is. Is as a kid, as as crazy as all this was, it was really still process. it's a thing that's happening on TV. Yeah, yeah. like but now even, you're like even, re- relating to it. Like, right, Ow. right. You now know, just, I'm now I look at them, and that's why it's kind of hard for me to watch any kind of like dangerous wrestling now. Yeah. Like when I was yeah. younger, I could watch death matches and all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Now I see stuff like that, and I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like like the light tubes and oh, shit. Yeah. I don't like that stuff, man. Yeah. I, I because it's too. I feel it. Too much. Too much. Really? It's too much. I don't need that. It's funny. We was at Jamie's one day and we brought set over and he has like all the CZW tapes. Oh, yeah. Set. And we're like, he was like, check this out, set. We're like watching it and it's all like bonfire and the light tubes yeah. and glass and all this crazy stuff. And the one thing said says is all the light tubes. He's like, man, I'm going to get cancer from that. From the, the gas. From uh, the, yeah. yeah. But we're like, like people where their tendons ripped Glass out through this. Ripped out and like, and we're like, that's like, this could be dangerous to their health. Yeah, the yeah. they could be able to breathe. But it's funny that that's actually sort of my thought too. Because yeah. like, sure, the glass is going to cut you up. That's going to heal. But you're breathing that shit All in your that, lungs. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. I, I and get what it. I just noticed when you mentioned the cage and the rigged one, I think it's the same panel. Uh. At, as I said, the first pay-per-view I saw was No Way at 2000. And Triple H, Cactus Jack had on the cell. And if Triple H won, Cactus was done. But he backdropped him, and he fell through it again. Well, this time, I went through the ring. Oh, but yeah. I think it was yeah, that same yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was the same corner panel. You, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. And that that panel yeah. has a very different reinforcement around than it than this of, one does. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you can tell it's a much different system, right? Than right. what this is, which was a couple zip ties. So, <laughs> right. Well, the right. rest of yeah, the rest of the panels were way better than this one. So we've watched three matches that were hugely impactful to us in yes. different eras of wrestling. Uh, this is what got the mojo for us all. For sure. Out of the three we've watched, uh, do you have one that is uh, a sort of a, a favorite that you feel like just tonight watching them was the most entertaining to you? This one. This one. Yeah. I got to agree. Yeah. As yeah. much as as, as uh, Hogan and, and Bundy yeah. Yeah. had an impact on me as a and kid. And the Hardys. That was badass. Yeah. But yeah. The, and the Hardys. Yeah. Hardys yeah. and Christian, every time they got in the ring, especially oh, yeah. once the Dudleys were Unless introduced. Oh, man. Was uh, that one, like, that was just a Raw match. Right. Yeah, so. Right. But back then, steel yeah. cage matches on Raw were or, huge. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. deal. Yeah. But even now. This one. Has, it's insane. You know, having That's watched insane. the match as a dozen I've, or more times, having heard everybody involved talk about it, it never gets old either. It's still 
crazy. Fresh. Yeah. And as I said at the beginning, like if I want to show somebody who doesn't really know wrestling, this is the one I'm going to show them. Just yeah, be because like, look, there's no way to be standoffish yeah. about this match. No, you yeah. could never watch this and be like, oh, this sucks. Because right. even it's some fucking people, awesome, like right. now, like of our age It's now, like impressive would that be, a human being could deal with all this shit. And it's still that, and people like now are like, oh, what? So somebody up now just walked up like our age, like, oh, that's fake. Like, watch this. Yeah, right. That, that they would fact. question it. Right. How did they fake this? They would. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think that one, as you mentioned, is definitely probably the most notorious one of all time. If you enjoyed this new uh, addition to the Needless Things podcast, this new format, let me know in the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. Shoot me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Tweet me, Instagram me, do whatever. Share this with your friends. Let them know about it, that you think it was cool. But most importantly, let me know that you think it was cool because... Uh, Ryan and Derek are big rock and roll stars and scheduling them to do things takes some effort. So I would love to have another one of these up uh, for the Royal Rumble. I'd love to do another one for WrestleMania. But we need to hear from you guys that you enjoyed it, that you dug it, that you thought it was cool to put the effort into putting it together. But we had a great time doing it. I'm very happy with this one that we did and would love to do more in the future. So let us know and we will do some more matches. And it, once we get a couple more under our belts, maybe we'll even take suggest, uh, suggestions from the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group as to what matches we watch. That would be a great thing to do for WrestleMania, I think, is just let you guys suggest matches for us to watch and, and comment on. And I don't mean do commentary. I mean discuss, uh, not, not call, like we did with this episode. Uh, so stay tuned. I've got something very cool next week. Joe Stryker, the interview, uh, not with Joe Stryker himself, but with Kevin Sleafield and Ryan Cadaver, the creators of Joe Stryker. We recorded this the other night. It is ready to go and it's awesome and lots of cool stuff coming up in December. Please check out needlessthingspodcast.com and share, share, share. Tell your friends. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.